0: Welcome to the Student Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Rutherford, from Learn, Grow, Become, where we work with universities and higher education providers to empower mature age and part-time students to gain the mindset, the strategies, and the confidence to succeed in their studies.
1: world. Welcome to the Champions Coffee Podcast, where every week we have coffee with an education professional who is out there on the front lines, championing students to be all that they can be. My name is Ben Hallett, and I am your uh, host. If you uh, don't know uh, who I am, I come from, uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Vigo, and Vigo is a student support system for universities. We help universities and other educators connect all of their students to all of their support services, or what we at VIGO call champions. And at VIGO, we really believe in celebrating the the people who are behind these services, these experiences, who are championing students to be all they can be, which is why we're doing this podcast. And today, I'm very lucky uh, to be joined by Tanya Rutherford. Now, Tanya is the CEO and founder of Learn, Grow, and Become, a social enterprise that is dedicated to improving student retention, well being, and learning outcomes in partnership with higher education providers. With a background in business management, corporate development, student mentoring, and leadership, Tanya is very passionate about creating the opportunity for all students to fully benefit from higher education opportunities, regardless of the demographic, regardless of their background. So, without Further ado, welcome Tanya.
0: Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here this morning.
1: That's great. And uh, do you have do you have a coffee by any chance for the coffee podcast?
0: I'm a cup of tea girl, so yes, oh. I have my cup of tea.
1: Awesome, nice. Is it uh, English breakfast?
0: Uh, no, it's um, masala chai.
1: Oh, all right. Very fancy. I'm okay. I'm
0: I'm very posh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Well, um, to to jump into it, I'd love if um, you could give us a little bit more of um, a background about yourself, where you've come from and where you fit into the education space.
0: Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, my background, I originally, I always wanted to be a teacher, um, but ended up going through a more roundabout route of doing business um, and then moving through into management then moving into the corporate development space and then eventually ending up in a higher education area. Um, so it's kind of been a, a bit of a roundabout route, but I, I, I'm one of those people who believe that there is no wasted effort in life and what I'm able to then bring to the picture for students is a much more well-rounded approach than if I had just gone straight into training. Um, Not Mm -hmm. that there's anything wrong with that for those people who do that, Mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely been a really good uh, experience for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of, um, I guess, where I sit with my business is um, when I was working, supporting students through our student mentoring program and looking at all the challenges that they were facing and the kinds of questions that they were coming up with, uh, particularly for mature age students who might be studying part-time, they have been out for a while and they were asking questions like, you know, I've just got my textbook, what do I do? Do I just start reading it? And, you know, uh, how do I start? What do, what do I need to do? And, you know, I when we look at what universities provide really well, it is that academic skills. It's, you know, the referencing and the research and uh, academic writing and, mm. you know, we all... They also provide a lot of, like, counselling and um, learning support in terms of how you structure your writing and things like that. But in terms of that actual um, learning skills and ability to self-manage, that's kind of one of those assumed skills that we get. Um, I always liken it to when you're in corporate um, and you're promoted to a manager. Everyone assumes that you suddenly know all those management skills like delegation mm. and, you know, everything else uh, without being taught that. And it's exactly the same with students. We we bring them mm. in thinking that they have those skills when it's actually something that uh, we need to teach them, which is essentially what we do through Learn, Grow, Become. Um, and, yeah, it was just basically, I guess, through observing the challenges and looking at, well, what are the things that we are doing and what are the things we aren't doing? So mm. I hope that answered the question. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, you said you always wanted to be a teacher. I mean, can you tell us a bit about uh, why? Like, what 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 excited you about teaching?
0: Um, uh, it's it's always been that ability to um, help influence someone's journey. So mm-hmm. I, when I was sort of growing up, my parents were both teachers. I should
1: probably <laughs> put oh, that true. In there. Uh,
0: yeah, they both they were both primary school principals actually. When I was finishing up, and um you know, I sort of saw primary teaching, particularly the lower levels, was a real opportunity to sort of influence and help students grow towards their potential before they got, you know, all the other things that kind of make life more difficult. Um, And, you know, that's still, throughout my roundabout journey, that's still what I believe is really about helping people to realise their potential and to bring that out. Um, I think the, the difference now is that, being a bit more um, aware and you know knowing a lot more people is the adult education space um, and that early adult education space is a really good place to be in because you know it's not people aren't broken and you know, they're not set in their ways you know we are so adaptable and mm. you know we are able to learn and to to reframe things at any age and so often working with um, more mature age students or um, even to school leavers, is that they're still in a really great space to really open up their minds and see mm. how they can do things differently and to realise their potential. Um, mm. And one of the things I really love is, is working particularly with mature-age students because for a lot of them, um, you know, they if their mother's coming back in the workforce, they don't have that sense of self um that we often see when students are coming from high school they're confident they kind of go yeah you know I've got this education in the bag thing Mm. um you know they're coming back going I don't think I can do it I haven't done anything I've got no skills to show and it's like well actually you know you've got time management you've got budgeting skills you've got project management skills you've got all these things just from Mm. being a parent let alone anything else that you've done in your life helping Mm. them to kind of reframe that and see how those skills can help them in their learning journey um mm. is just it's very rewarding which is i guess why, why you do social enterprises is, is because it is rewarding um mm. and yeah it's just great to see them blossom and when they come at the other end and they're like wow you know i've gone from you know feeling broken to you know realizing how much i can do with mm. what i have is just amazing
1: yeah, wow, I totally agree. It's just so exciting what you know. You can come in as as anyone, um, and you can leave as anything that you want to be. Really, with with university, and it's it's um, it's so. It, I mean, on the flip side, it's so tragic when people don't don't get that experience. But then it's so exciting when you can, um, you know, when you can be the thing that keeps someone keeps someone going, keeps someone thriving in that. And um, I think that's one of the blessings of working in education is we get to we get to feed off that energy uh, every day which is quite exciting. Yeah,
0: that, that transformation, um, yeah. it's just really great to see.
1: Hmm. All right. So, I mean, with your breadth of experience, uh, can you tell us a bit more about the you know the different types of services that you've been involved with, or maybe even some of the services that you now offer, um, and what does success look like uh, in these services?
0: I think um, one of the things we need to keep remembering is success is different for everyone so Mm -hmm. it coming from their own perspective so for example um for a lot of students um that might be the first person in their family coming to university or they might be from a low socioeconomic background um, you know just being able to get into uni and to start is a huge Mm. success for them Uh, what we need to be making sure of is we don't lose them at that point that Mm. we're actually able to uh, really tailor the support that we provide, and I know that that can sort of sound like, well, then we've got to you know know everyone individually, and we've got to it's going to be expensive and all that sort of thing. But it we can actually tailor um, our mass approach, if you like, to still be mm. very individualized. Um, and I think we need to sort of you know think a lot more about, particularly the equity students, because coming out of COVID, a lot more students are going to be in those vulnerable spaces than we've had before and more Mm. vulnerable than ever before. Um, um, So other support, i kind of got off track and then I'm... No, 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 no,
1: you're talking about what success looks (laughs) like, yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah, so it does look different, like different things. And I know for me, when I first did my... Studies, which was way back in the last century <laughs> when the World Wide <laughs> Web was first coming in, um, you know, it was meeting people. So for, and I sort of, and this is a really bad generalisation, but I kind of go the people who really enjoy high school often struggle at university because it's so different. I mean, in, in high school we're very highly coached. And the teaching element is very much embedded. In high in university, you've got to do it yourself. And often they've lost a lot of their friend contacts and they've got to start again. And they may not be as adaptable because they were so comfortable.
1: Mm.
0: Whereas for me, high school sucked. <laughs>
1: so nah.
0: coming to university was like, wow you know i can choose my friends i've got you know i'm doing i'm meeting people i can connect with um it was just so it was just such a life-changing experience so even just that to a certain level was a success and then the next level of that was you know having the relationships with lecturers um we you know they knew who you were and you could talk to them and I know that's more difficult now in an online environment, but it's not impossible. Like we've, you know, we're mm. talking now, we can see each other. You yeah. know, I, we've only met once, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're so familiar because we've met each other online so many times. Yeah. Um, you know, so we can still build those relationships. We've just got to, I guess, be more organised about it. Mm. Um, and that goes for both the students and also for our academics and our staff. People need people contact. Um, having everything through an AI um, is not what students are seeking. They want to connect mm. with someone because when they do that, they feel you know that success feeling is like I'm building a relationship. I have a connection. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I'm I feel supported. So that when mm. things go crap, I actually have someone that I can go to, and they know who I am, and they can go, yeah. You know, I understand it's challenging. Let's see what we can do for you. Mm. Whereas if it's all a, you know, self-help AI kind of thing, it's like, oh, GenBot, you know, I'm yeah. really having this. Please select what your option is. I don't know what that <laughs> one is. You know, it's, yeah. you know, that contributes to the feeling of success. And then, you know, the graduation part is actually a really small part of that success journey for a lot of students. Um, it's everything mm. else that goes on in between, and mm. you know I've I've not finished um, a degree before. I finished my first one, finished my second one. It was my third one <laughs> I didn't mm. finish. But you know you got different pathways out. So in that one I could get go out with a graduate certificate, um, mm. and still keep it. But for me the success was in the experience of the learning and that learning journey. Um, that we went through, getting the piece of paper was like, cool, all right, tick that off. But, you know, that wasn't the big deal. Mm. The big deal was everything else that went with it. Um, you know, it is it is just so powerful and I think it's very easy to forget that it's not just that end point. And so everyone yeah. who leaves during the journey, that may still be a success for them, but we won't know if we don't ask them. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I guess a bit of a bonus question here I'm really curious and asking is, um, you know, what motivated you to, you know, you were helping students within um, the university space and then you decided to, to then create a Learn, Grow, Become. What what motivated that to you to, to do it then from the other side, um, the, the you know, the external provider side?
0: Um, there was a couple of reasons. But the main one um was that I wanted to help more students, Um, Mm. not just the ones that I was directly working with, um, but I wanted everyone to have that opportunity. Like, it doesn't matter what country you're in. You know, we have the same challenges here that they have in the US, that they have in the UK, that they have anywhere, Mm. because we don't teach students how to learn, which is, you know, our Learn to Learn program is about teaching them how their own brain learns how they can create their own learning experience you know how to look after themselves you know mm. we we talk about self care in you know much more general terms like you know you have to be healthy yeah we know that but we don't ever talk about you know how obesity shrinks your brain or you know how not enough sleep you know blocks off the neuron synapses and all that sort of stuff you know we don't talk about that stuff so people kind of going yeah 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 you know that's general that's not necessarily me Um, and I think we've really got to break it down so that they can make those connections I mean it's like group work Um, you know I until I started working in higher education as opposed to studying in higher education I never realized that group work was a graduate attribute related to teamwork in a work environment I mean there's no Mm. way any of my group work experiences ever resembled anything that Mm. was teamwork based um so Mm. being able to frame that for students so they can then look and go okay well if I want to actually get that benefit and I want to be able to say on my resume that I have got experience working in groups and these were the outcomes then I need to Mm. actually structure it like that because we don't teach them how to do that we just say here's a group assignment and good (laughs) luck (laughs) you know
1: oh my gosh yeah
0: (laughs) I mean we all hate group work but you know, if, yeah. we, if, we, if we structured it well and we all had, you know, that shared sense of direction and we actually worked on it like a project. Because if you think, uh, and I know we still have them today, um, mm. where you actually have, you know, entrepreneurial groups come in and you form a team and you work on a project and, you know, it's this business outcome, they're really successful. It's exactly the same thing you can do with group work or that mm. we should be doing with group work. But it takes someone else to come in to frame it like that, and yeah, people true. get a lot out of those experiences. But we don't actually associate it. So mm. yeah, that's my latest rant.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Well, could you? Could you? Um, is there a particular student story, success story that you've been involved with that um, you know stands out for you in your memory and something you were, you, knew you or your team were quite proud to be involved with in?
0: Um, I think. Um, one of the, like there were a few that really stood out for me um, when we did our um, research project in 2019 last year. Doesn't mm-hmm. seems a lot longer ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we were um, obviously we were researching, so we had surveys and things like that. But it was the emails that they the students were sending us, unsolicited, telling us the impact that it had for them. Like, you know. With one of the the ladies, she felt broken. You know, mm. she didn't it was, you know, she just felt so destroyed. and you know, because she got um a bad mark and mm. having and she put her whole self into this and she'd worked so hard and she'd you know, every spare moment she was studying and just sort of like, you know, having gone through um the learn to learn program, it made me, changed the way i thought about things it helped her change her perspective it gave her permission to spend her time in a different way so it, it gave her strategies to um to really focus her time and use it more productively and then have a break and because mm. we talk about the importance of those rest periods and how that actually helps your brain learn she was then okay i can actually rest now and i don't have to work mm. till midnight every night and i'm actually you know and she was sort of like you know i actually got she had a supplementary exam and she said i had 20 percent increase in my result when i did the supplementary and she said that i that was purely because of this program because that was what mm. made the difference for me trying to learn um mm. you know, otherwise just knowledge retention like no mm. remembering things past the end of exams remember anything passing to my exam? yeah yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: that's yeah. why
0: I hate exams but but being able to go through that and it actually learning it at a deep enough level that you're not just memorizing it for one off you know those kind of moments because that's what we're trying to achieve in education we want mm. them to actually take these skills and to learn the knowledge and to take it forward we don't want it to just be a you know yes I've got the exam tick but I don't remember anything um mm. you know it's it's those kind of things that you kind of go. Yes, this is what we're in this space for. This is what we're mm-hmm. trying to achieve. We want people to feel that they're in control and they're getting the outcomes that they want. So, um, yeah, they're probably like very general. Ways. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, um, could you could you tell us um, a bit more specifically about you know what do your current programs look like today, and then and then secondly, three years from now you know, what's your vision for, for this? What's, what's, you know, uh, Learn, Grow, Become going to be looking like?
0: Okay, so um, for now, um, partnering with universities to um, basically provide our program to students, of so the Learn to Learn program to students. Um, mm-hmm. And it works r- really well with particularly partnering with in-house mentoring. So you're starting mm-hmm. it before the students start their term, they're connecting with their mentor, um you're having it's six weeks content week by week so the first Mm -hmm. week you're having conversations about the content that you've learned and what you've got out of it and you're bouncing ideas off each other um and so that you know first looking at the brain and then you're looking at what are study strategies and then you're looking at um you know that The study resilience stuff. So how you structure your your time and your space and your life and you know from a whole of life perspective. It's not just, Mm. you know, you study and that's it, because we don't have students like that anymore. Um Mm. and then it's um looking at, you know, what is feedback and value all about anyway? I mean, it's not it's not personal. Um, you know, so how do we reframe that and how do we get into a mindset where that's okay? And, you know, and then looking at obviously group work, which I mentioned, and then, you know, ideally when you're starting, actually starting the term, is you're then going through the revision stuff and saying, okay, well, how am I actually going to apply this in my term studies? Um, mm. And so by that stage, they're already confident. They've already got the skills and the strategies. They're ready to start. They're connected with the university through their mentoring. They feel valued because the, me- the university is mm. investing in them. Mm. um and you know they're ready to go um Mm. so that's kind of i guess where we are now yeah um where we are in three years time um Mm -hmm. i'd like to see this in a lot more universities Mm -hmm. um i'd also um so one of the things that we do is uh 50 of our profits go back into um indigenous um education initiatives so Mm -hmm. looking at okay well working with Indigenous communities um, for what they want and how do we actually structure it um, in a way that um, I guess is more relatable from a cultural perspective. So what we have at the moment is online, self-paced, and it's all Mm -hmm. about becoming a self-regulated learner. Um, Mm -hmm. That doesn't fit in every cultural um, perspective. So how do we actually work with communities to make sure that we're, we have the framework that's going to support them? And then mm-hmm. being able to provide those programs and potentially develop community mentors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, rolling it out across the world, global domination. Um, yeah, yeah, You know, we want everyone to be able to benefit from these kind of um, programs. So it's just, mm-hmm. I guess it's the, you know, we get started and then we, you know, work our way up. And then how do we, you know, spread the word and, and get that out there? So,
1: yeah, 100%. Okay, great. Um, so, next question, and I love this question. And I, I reckon you're going to be a great answer to this uh, as well. <laughs> okay. Is the, uh, what's the common misconception that you hear in the student support or experience um, space?
0: Um, I think probably the big one is um, a belief that students are apathetic, um, that um, they need everything done for them. Mm. And I think and I understand how that comes about and it's actually something that we talk about with students in the program and that's really they don't know the questions to ask. They don't even know that they need to ask the questions because if you're thinking back to high school, everything's given to them when they need it. They're told how to study. They're told when they need to do their study. It's all blocked out. Everything's organised. So when they come to university, they're waiting for that same thing because we haven't explained how that needs to be done differently or how to ask those questions. Um, Um, So, you know, they might be used to saying, well, what do I do next? in which case, you know, staff tend to go, well, you know, they won't think for themselves and, you know, it's just uh, they want us to do everything for them, when in actual fact they don't understand that if they said, look, I've already done X, Y, Z, Um, this is what I've come up with, I don't really understand this bit and I think there's something else I'm missing, can you help me with that? Uh, Mm. You know, if they came with that kind of framework, people go, okay, they're thinking, they're just Mm. needing a bit of guidance, let's talk it through together you know, and it becomes much more of like a coaching kind of conversation, um, mm. whereas, yeah, at the moment we, we're not getting that and a lot of that is based on assumptions about how they know how to learn and how, do they know how to ask questions and, and culturally as well. So students coming from um, a lot of our Asian countries where they've, you know, it is very much you do what you're told, it's even more Uh, challenging for them to kind of understand how to frame the questions the right way so for me that's Mm. a really big big misconception um Mm -hmm. and it's something we can we can change but we need to be aware of that and I think more empathetic towards our students uh it's Mm. easy to sort of think how it affects us without thinking about that
1: yeah awesome yeah I um I agree I think one of the most exciting spaces that um, higher education could go to in support services is much more of a coaching um, role whether it's peer-to-peer or staff to student mm. or exter- you know external advisor to a student um, I think there's a huge opportunity there that hasn't been touched yet and um, lots of lots of uh, room to have some really cool uh, retention success uh, metrics hit I think.
0: Yeah and that, that I mean we when we're working with um, universities we do actually have like a mini training program for the mentors about having coaching conversations and about framing Mm. those discussions um and I think you're right Uh, we just need to get away from the idea that coaching is something that is only for executives um Mm. and that coaching is a conversation that helps people to think that's Mm. really all it is it just helps give them a bit of guidance, a bit of framework and encourages them to pull out their knowledge. And the more we do that, the better outcomes we get in higher education anyway, because they're gonna Mm. understand the content more.
1: Mm. Yep, hundred (laughs) percent. And when we invest in these people, we can then get them to invest back in other people as well. So the cycle goes on and on and on.
0: It does. Um, And you know, the more students we can retain and the more connected they are, the more they wanna give back to our community um, like our university communities. And the more that, Obviously, we earn an income because they stay for longer and we mm-hmm. get repeat business. So, you know, it's a win for everyone. We've just got to think about it less as a cost and mm-hmm. more as an investment in the people. And then, you know, when you invest, you get a return. That's kind mm-hmm. of how it works. <laughs>
1: yep, 100%. Okay, well, <laughs> we've gone well over time. So I'm going to skip to the last question, uh, uh, which is, you know, what would be your advice to a student? um, If you have, I'll give you, I'll give you three sentences (laughs) uh, around there. Um, What would be your advice to a student about to start their journey uh, at university?
0: Okay. What would be the advice to a student about to start university? Um, Obviously do my program. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It is available for individuals, but anyway, um, but, I think being clear on what their motivation is. What are they wanting to achieve? Mm -hmm. Um, And why, you know, why are they wanting to um, do study? I mean, for me initially, like doing an accounting degree, I'm so not an accounting degree person, Mm -hmm. that's not me. But it was I felt I needed to do a degree and I needed to get a job. Mm -hmm. Was that the best path? Probably not. But, you know, the more that we sort of think about what it is we're trying to achieve you know, longer term, you know, if, if I was to sort of say, okay, well, my longer term goal is to help people realize their potential and to bring out their best. Um, And, you know, that's my purpose in life. So, and we don't always have a purpose in life. Sometimes we have a purpose for now, and that's cool as well. Um, But thinking about what it is that's driving me, because when things get tough, I need to have something to fall back on. Now, I can tell you when I was doing my accounting degree, when things got tough, I didn't have anything because I wasn't passionately connected to that. I kept going because I'm stubborn as shit. Mm -hmm. Pardon my French. (laughs) I guess
1: the first prayer word we've had in this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But I just, you know, for me it was like I am not going to, I'm not going to give in, you know. Mm. Um, And that's how I got through. I just pushed and pushed and pushed and made myself get through it. Now, that doesn't work for everyone and it certainly doesn't work now when it's easier to say, look, I just need to focus on my job or I just need to focus on the kids or whatever else it might be. You know, we have to be really clear on why we want to achieve this or else we won't get there. Mm. And, you know, once we've got that, we can start looking at, okay, well, what are the things that I need to do to make sure that I am going to achieve that? You know, mm. it's not all going to be study. Study is a really small part of what it is to get a degree, and then that later outcome. Mm. Um, so I think once you start, once you've got that clear, then that's your driving force, and that helps inform your other decisions. So, you know, if mm. your friends are saying, "Let's go out on a you know three night, be- three day bender," and you've got mm. an exam coming up, you you know you can think, "Well, you know, is that going to help me achieve my goal?" yeah if that yep. if that if that is that's fine you can go on that but you know it gives yeah, you yeah. something to, to bring it back to um, um you know when you're looking at your um your course decisions you can sort of go well you know is this going to get me where I want to go um you know what flexibility is there if I get part way through and decide that well you know nursing isn't for me but I still want to help people well what are the other things like how do you know, how general or how specific does it need to be? So there you go. I, I will stop talking now, as otherwise we'll be here all week.
1: Nah, no, no, that's great. I mean, so to summarise, I think you said, um, you know, know what your your outcome that you want, know your reasons why, and know what you need to do to to, to make that happen.
0: Absolutely. Very very nicely summarised, Ben. Very nice. <laughs> I should uh, write no, that it's, down.
1: That's, that's, it's the formula, I think, that is, you know, we all know, but we fail to, yep. you know, put into action um well we this is the longest podcast we've ever done so thank you uh so much tanya for sticking around uh for for this length and uh for everyone who's watching this in in post uh thank you very much for watching uh this has been episode nine i believe of the champions coffee podcast and if you'd like to check out any of our other um episodes please uh you know jump onto the vigo linkedin page or the vigo website and they're all there uh, for you to watch and we'll post all the new ones there as well. Uh, so finally, thank you so much, Tanya. I really appreciate you taking the time today to share your stories, your visions.
0: Thanks, Ben, it's been great. And thanks to everyone who is still watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope you all have right. a great rest of day.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. See you guys. And that's
0: the end of this episode of the student experience podcast. I hope you can join us next week for another great interview.